Welcome to the winter sports season finale of this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on ESP Media Powered by Sidearm Sports and on LebanonWarriors.com. My name is Jason Griefer. We're happy to be joined once again by Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling. And Keith, time to time to close the book on the winter season, at least here on the podcast. We've got a lot to talk about, and we'll also kind of at the end, kind of a little bit of a sneak preview of what's going on in the spring. So uh, let's jump right into it, and uh, because you've had a very, very successful winter sports season, and we'll talk about that as we go along. Let's start off on the basketball court, and let's start with the boys. Uh, they, they share the regular season title with uh, Walnut Hills and uh, Turpin, each team finishing with just two league losses. So we have a, a co-champs there. And so you, you get sectional play, finally going to get going against Franklin coming up this week. We look back to where things have been. Your team's had quite, quite a lengthy layoff. Had a, a, 11 days off uh, since a, a, a tough loss to, uh, to Turpin. And now they have had time to kind of regather, regroup, and move forward and get ready for the sectional. Has there been any evidence – of that that tough loss to Turpin kind of lingering, and uh, how have they looked in preparation for the sectional? No, I don't. I don't think there's been any. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, they wanted to win that game, um, but coming out of it and getting the share of the title, um, you know, they've they've had a, a nice practice schedule that's kept them fresh. And then Friday night we celebrated um, by cutting down the nets and the, and the cheer squad there and everything like that. So. A lot of fun, just keeping it positive. Um, they knew there was going to be a layoff, so the practice plans have have been appropriate um, to make sure they're maintaining that level of of training and focus. And um, I think they're ready to go tomorrow um, to head over to Centerville. And uh, we'll be keeping track of that over on the girls' side. This was a two horse race in the league all year long between uh, Lebanon and Loveland. It, you finish in second place in the league with three league losses. Two of those come to Loveland. We talked. We we saw when the matchups when the brackets were announced that there was a potential third game with Loveland looming. We finally get there, and just this past Monday night, and we always hear about how hard it is to beat a team three times in one year, and your team proved that by getting the ultimate revenge on Loveland and beating them forty nine to forty four in the sectional final. So now you're on to the district final, and one of the cool things we saw on the Lebanon uh, Twitter feed was a shot of the bench when the final horn sounded and just how excited they were to get that monkey off their back. Uh, how gratifying was it for the girls to to slay that dragon, if you will, knowing that they had lost to Loveland twice in the regular season, got them here in the sectional when it counts the most? Well, that energy that you saw at the end of the game is what I saw when I walked into the gym. And um, that whole team was um, focused and intent on on winning that game. Um, they knew they could hang with Loveland. They, they were in both games earlier in the year. Um, so they were, they were certainly focused, I guess you could say playing with house money after losing two times. So, um, playing, you know, loose and, and ready to go, but that bench energy, I was talking to coach this morning, that's something to be said about your program. When you get compliments about the energy on, on your bench and their focus and engagement, um, it was pretty cool to see. And I was so happy for them, the, the parents in attendance and, and everybody in the program, we had a bunch of alumni reach out and congratulate them. So uh, to move on and get to that that next game now, um, got to prep for uh, for a tremendous Centerville team that we have some history with. And um, so they'll be ready and, and moving on. This is a very difficult ECC league in girls basketball. And you're the newcomer in town. And as we said, accosted yourselves very well, finishing in second. Uh, in the league and a lot of quality teams in here, any team, seemingly any team in the league on the girls' side, capable of making a run, even getting to a regional. Uh, how would you assess 
the your girls basketball's performance in their first year just in the ECC? Um, I mean, I, I wasn't here prior to, but I knew what they were capable of. I, I know uh, Coach and, and the history that he's had in terms of their preparation. I think we just did a great job of of preparing game by game um, for our opponent. I think we're uh, leaps and bounds ahead in terms of uh, scouting and other things and putting our kids in position to be successful on game day. Um, so all that training, we were talking this morning actually and kind of chuckling that when we walk in the gym, uh, you know, we don't, you know, we don't necessarily look like, uh, you know, we're a, we're a top seed in this tournament, uh, but we certainly play that way and the attitude and um, the way we prepare, the, the cohesion amongst the group, um, the way they play aligned and as a team is uh, there's something to be said for. And uh, that's kudos to our coaching staff and the program um, and their alignment. So, um, you know, I think just getting the most out of our kids in our program is, is all you can ask for and, and all you can provide for the kids. And I think that certainly has happened. And then the chips fall where they may. You're not going to win them all. So certainly proud, and, and I think the same thing on the boys' side. Um, you look at how we came in and, and were able to go through that gauntlet of a schedule. We, we lost our first game of the year to Turpin and then went through that, that uh, whole season without a loss and, uh, until we played them again. So uh, for Coach to come, uh, Coach Shivington to come out as, as the Coach of the Year from the ECC and, and Zach Weber to win Player of the Year and all the accolades we've received, um, just, just kudos to them, and I, I think it's a great fit for us. You've received accolades all over the place. And uh, one of the other places you've received some accolades was on the wrestling mats. And uh, since we last talked, the ECC championships took place and this was domination uh, by your wrestling program. Uh, there were just to put it in perspective for folks out there. There were 14 weight classes uh, here at the ECC championships. You win seven of them. And then and in total have 13 placers uh, in general. So you win half of the league titles right off the bat individually. And then the other placers help you point your way to a rather comfortable uh, league championship there. Uh, talk, talk to us about the performance there of your team through all the weight classes and also how big of a shot in the arm was this for the program, given the fact that sectionals are up next on their home mat. Well, in talking to coach, they, they were a little nervous going in. Um, it's been a unique year and I, I don't know all the ins and outs of wrestling, but, uh, mainly due to the schedule, um, weight fluctuations and keeping kids focused, um, just with the timing of everything kind of being a little bit off and um, checking in weights on duels on a regular basis and all of those types of things that, um, you know, keeping that room together and focused has, has been a challenge. It's been a challenge for everybody. But um, so for them to come out and, and perform the way they did last weekend, I think was a, was a positive shot in the arm for them. I went and congratulated them yesterday at practice and but again as you mentioned they turn around and have sectionals uh coming up this weekend um i got to give a shout out to those seven though that that won their weight class in the ecc it was really impressive josh bonnie at 106 uh jack mccall at 120 logan steiner 126 liam schramm uh, at 132 luke marsh who was ended up being wrestler of the year voted wrestler of the year won 152 matt mccohen a senior won 160 and tyler stein won the 195 plus additional placers and, and other things and coach got coach of the year. So as you mentioned, just a great Saturday, um, you know, and, and they're, uh, they have bigger aspirations. So it was, it was tough getting them to celebrate this because uh, as you know, with wrestlers, it's all about the end of the year. Yeah, as you mentioned, Luke Marsh, the ECC wrestler of the year, 26 and three record 
with 15 pins. So, and I think it's impressive to me that he can do it by pin, but he can also outpoint his opponents. I think that could be a huge thing for him uh, going into the sectionals and, and hopefully beyond that. Do you feel like you have with this roster multiple wrestlers that can get through the sectional and get to the districts or maybe even beyond that? Absolutely. And I know, I know coach does too. So we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that's sure. the goal. And um, that, you know, they keep, uh, they keep hitting those goals as, as they come about. So I, uh, I wouldn't put anything past them going forward. Um, they all have big aspirations and, and that breeds excellence in that room that they're all pushing each other and uh, you know, led by Luke and the way that they train. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting big, big things. And I know they are, we have a lot of young wrestlers in there too. So um, future's bright. Yeah, speaking of uh, young athletes and uh, with big expectations and, and big things in front of them, uh, let's move into the pool. And uh, w- we can't not talk about what Katie Fisher has done uh, since we last spoke. Let, let's start with the sectional. She goes to the sectional in the 200 IM, breaks a school record, breaks a sectional record, breaks the Princeton pool record to easily win and earn the top seed in the districts for the 200 IM. And then she also breaks the school record in the 100 breaststroke. So, you know, Yep. We, she does that, then goes into the districts and re-breaks her, her record in, in the 200 IM and finishes a runner-up there in the district. So she's on to state now it, it, there and will be the five seed in the state for the 200 IM. Uh, she just continues to impress and impress and lower her time every single time out. Yep. Uh, how has she been through training, and does she feel like she has it within her to go even lower and try and, and bring home a state title? She certainly does. As you mentioned, she's the fifth seed in the 200 IM and the 17th in the 100 breast. Um, you know, I keep pinching myself and reminding myself that she's just a sophomore. So like I shouldn't have too high of expectations. But every time I do that, she goes and makes these, you know, these unbelievable times where you're like, um, you know, maybe we, we, we don't need to like, um, you know, kind of we can raise the, the expectations and expect these things out of her because she keeps doing it. Um you know, week after week. So it's been really cool to watch her. This is her second time back at state, obviously. So we're planning a little send off for her um, and her teammates. As I mentioned, you know, it's all about uh, your practice and preparation. And they've really pushed her um, as you continue to improve the program overall. We talked a little bit about that earlier in the year. Um, all of that training and, and um, being pushed by your teammates and all of that um, certainly helps. Um you know, with your focus and determination and your ability to be swimming your best at the end of the year. So kudos to the entire girls team, who's all very, very young, and seven of them swam at districts. And then the, the, the four boys in the relay who ended up uh, getting the 20th um, also had a great run. So, I mean, moving into the future, we're hoping to get more uh, to this level. And, um, you know, it's cool for, for Katie to kind of set that uh, springboard for us uh, as a program. With her having the success she did last year as a freshman and getting to state, now she does it again as a sophomore. How has she handled those expectations coming off of last year, going through this year, when the goal is to get back there once again? How has she been in, in that approach? Well, I, I haven't talked to her directly, um, but I, I uh, can assume based on on the way she competes that um, – you know, no stage is too big for her. She, she does a lot of uh, big time swimming. And um, I certainly think she's looking forward to the challenge. You briefly touched on the boys side there. You had, you had a uh, very strong performances there for the, from the boys in both the sectionals and some of the districts there. Uh, how would you assess the boys season? 
I mean, good. You, you have to look at it as, as uh, you know, the trajectory of the program and times. And at the end of the day, it's you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And they kept taking time off and um, setting, the, setting the bar higher and higher. So um, coach is proud and wants to continue to build the program, um, build the youth, get, in, get kids engaged to be swimming uh, year round. And, and uh, I think the future is bright over there. Let's talk about your uh, academic quiz team here. The regular season's winding down. They've got Anderson coming up. Uh, to finish the regular season before the ECC tournament uh, next week. Again, a, a new league. Of course, everybody's been chasing, but nobody's been able to take down Little Miami. Uh, they sit at the top. Your team's kind of been kind of been mid-pack for, for most of the year. Uh, how would you rate the level of competition that they have played this year, and how, how have they responded to that competition? So they've really enjoyed um, the, the ECC format, a uh, little different than, than they've previously done. So there was a little bit of a, excuse me, learning curve there, but they're excited now that they've seen it, seen the format, can kind of know how to prepare, um, how to position things moving forward. Um, so I think they're really enjoying it um, and they're looking forward to getting into a second year and recruiting some some friends to be a part of it and kind of understand the comp- competitive spirit of it now and um, how uh, how much of a of a serious deal it is in the ECC. So looking forward to the future of that one as well. Let's move on to the bowling lanes. And uh, we, we've talked here on the show about the success your teams have had in the regular season. Now we're into the postseason. Let's start with the boys first. They did just fine in the sectionals. They've moved on to the districts for the eighth straight year. Uh, Cooper Cummings there at the Coleraine sectional led all ECC bowlers with a 634 series. I think he finished seventh overall amongst everybody uh, that was there. So you're, you've got the entire team through to the, to the, uh, to the district round, which is obviously a good thing. And uh, we'll talk about the girls here in, in a minute there, but uh, with the boys first, how are they feeling about their chances as a team to get through? And if not that to get multiple individuals through the districts and on and on to state. Well, as you mentioned, I, I think they ended up finishing fourth uh, at the sectional and um, they were not happy or satisfied. So this wasn't a, uh, you know, yay, we're, we're going through. Um, they knew, and I think that that's a good thing that it kind of refocused them um, to train hard this week. And Coach will have them ready to go, but um, we're excited to go Beaver Creek next week. And I know that's that's what they're shooting for, um, to get through to state. And they have high expectations, as I've mentioned all year. So, um, you know, they're, uh, they're a serious group. They love bowling, and um, they're going to they're gonna be uh, shooting for that. I can promise you they'll have their game faces on uh, – they bring a lot of energy to the lane, so I love watching them. I can't wait to get out there. Over on the girls' side, you know, again, first year in the league, and you you win win a league title there, and and then we get into the postseason, and the team misses out on the districts by one pin. Take us through that. We got a couple of individuals through the districts, and we'll talk about the here in a moment. But uh, yeah, to to see them have the season they had win a league title, and then don't get out of the sectional and miss it by a single pin. Uh, how disappointing was that for the team and for the coaches? Yeah, it's obviously disappointing. I, I was out there. Um, you know, it just goes to show, and and, and they know this, that, um, you know, every game and every every pin matters, obviously, when you, when you miss out by one. But um, there was uh, – I think it was game two I was out there watching, and they just, they just didn't have um, – they just didn't have their best game. Um, and, and then they got into Bakers and they were behind and it, it's hard to catch up. Um, you know, once you get behind a hundred, a hundred and some pins. Yeah. Um, so they turned it on and almost came all the way back, but, um, you know, just, 
you talk about playing for 60 minutes, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're bowling, they got to bring it, bring their A game uh, every game. So I don't know if it was um, kind of uh, getting adjusted to that particular venue or um, what it was, but the slow start um, just created a bit of an issue. And luckily we got those two girls through Melissa and, uh, and Hannah. So yeah. we're rooting for them, two tremendous bowlers that made it through uh, individually. Yeah, so they, they get through the districts. Hannah Rarick and Melissa Gallagher get through as individuals. Now that the focus is on those two and, and no longer the team, you, you want to try and get them through onto state. So how does the dynamic change within the team to try to help them individually with their games so that they can sure. score high enough so you can get one or even both onto the state meet? Yeah, so it's interesting. We were um, I was actually talking to Hannah and – uh, the interesting thing about bowling is you, you feed off a lot of energy from your team uh, during the individual rounds. And every uh, team that made it through, uh, the individuals that made it through will be assigned to a team. So now you are on basically bowling on a, on a lane with a different team. Um, and so speaking to her, there's kind of that thought process of, well, are they going to ignore me? Are they going to give me high fives and engage with me? Um how do I approach that? So Hannah's assigned to uh, Mercy McCauley. So she's going in and basically joining Mercy McCauley's team at their lane for her individual, um, for her individual round. So, um, she's kind of like, you know, I don't have my team there with me. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Maybe she's going to try to reach out to them ahead of time and, and get to know them, make sure that they're, uh, kind of supportive of her, maybe, um, engage with her a bit and it's not too awkward. And then if they're bowling well, it may help her. So, um, and same for Melissa. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic when you're an individual that makes it through for bowling. We'll be keeping an eye on that. And uh, hopefully when we uh, get back together for the spring uh, sports season, we'll be talking about maybe one or two state champions in that regard. That would certainly be nice. So uh, as we're winding down the winter season here, let me do kind of a quick recap because you have had at, at this program, this athletics program had a tremendous fall in the first year in the league. Let me go through, kind of recap where we are as far as the winter sports go. You win or share a league title in boys basketball, wrestling, and girls bowling. You finish second in boys bowling, girls basketball, and oh, by the way, competitive cheer. And we talked about what they were able to do, not only within the conference, but also on a national stage, a grand champion uh, at Cheer Max. And obviously, you know, AQT is still alive, you know, with a chance to win an ECC title. We talked about Katie Fisher and her chances uh, individually uh, at the at the swim state meet uh, coming up here. This is a pretty darn good winter season overall, wouldn't you say? Certainly is, and we we were uh, we talk about it quite a bit. Just how how impressive uh, everybody's been this winter, um, and we wish we wish we had our war zone and students there to to support everybody and enjoy this. But um, we're looking forward to uh, a successful spring, maybe a run at the uh, the all sports trophy. And then at some point here, getting our getting our students back engaged in our community uh, at events and keep this positive momentum going and um, just a lot of fun and a lot of positive momentum here at, at Lebanon right now. Obviously, we we didn't have a spring season a year ago. It was kind of the rug was kind of pulled out from underneath the student athletes for everybody, not just at Lebanon. Uh, now it looks like we're 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 getting to that point where we can start to look forward now and we can start to have a little bit more normalcy because it looks like we're going to have a spring season because we've gotten through fall and winter pretty well. Uh, from your perspective, overseeing the entire spring sports uh, outlook, what's maybe one or two things you're most looking forward to about this spring season? 
uh, getting outside, sun shining. There were some birds chirping this morning. That was exciting. And our teams are already starting to practice. They're wondering if the snow is going to melt enough that they can run on the track today. And, you know, those are all great conversations to have. But I think just getting getting outside, um, you know, watching baseball with with parents and things in lawn chairs and, and the sun shining, um, you know, that's that's springs fun in that regard and um, track meets and all the things that come with it. Um, there's still some, some things we're working through that are, are, uh, are hurdles or concerns. You know, we still don't know, um, some of the protocols, uh, being passed down for certain sports. We don't know if we can even have kids sitting in the dugouts yet or how that's going to look. So, um, still a lot to work through. And of course we get that at the last minute every, every season. So just waiting patiently on that, but just, man, I think it's just exciting to get them back out there. We haven't had to buy baseballs or softballs because they never got used last year and, and things along those lines. So that was good. Um, but just, just seeing them get back out there. It's, uh, it's certainly something we're all looking forward to uh, seeing because they didn't have a season last year. And we'll be looking forward to talking about it uh, here when we uh, kick things off in the spring sports podcast a little bit later on. Uh, down the road. Keith, certainly appreciate the time here today. Uh, it's been obviously in a very exciting winter season. Congratulations to to you and your staff for getting us through uh, this winter season, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to doing it again in the spring. We appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for the coverage. And uh, anyone looking for information on these postseason runs or updates, uh, please follow us on social and visit LebanonWarriors.com. That is Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling joining us for the winter sports season finale of this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.